This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. We are live on the beat, the number one live UNC podcast on Thursday nights. We have cornered that niche. The four of us are here tonight to talk about UNC basketball and all things UNC sports. I'm producer John. We have Tommy. We have Adam. We have Evan. Shout out to Jeremiah, who is covering the UNC women's basketball team right now in their game against NC State. We'll have to do score updates on that. I'm not sure what the score is. They were winning at halftime. There we go. Winning at halftime. I'm going to come to you first, Tommy. You know, it's been a a big week on the beat. We got some football players, uh, early enrollees this week, preparing for the big game against Virginia as well this weekend. What's on your mind to start tonight, Tommy? No, I mean, it's it's been a while since I've been here. I think it's been three weeks since I've been on the show with you guys. Is that right? Yeah, because Joey had it last week. You know, we had um, third-string quarterback. Who would that be at Carolina? Jefferson Boaz, Joey Powell was uh, last week. And then, John, you did it two weeks ago because I was at a concert. And um, so, yeah, it's it's been a while, but a lot of news going around Carolina. Obviously, Adam's been working his rear end off ahead of On The Beat podcast. So you got that out there. And then I wanted to ask you guys, I did not get a chance to get up there, but you you guys got to talk to all these young fellas on, I guess, Wednesday, yesterday. yesterday, Even though it feels like three days ago. (laughs) Really? Um, What did y'all glean from from that? Uh, I mean, what can you glean from a – high school young man that's enrolled early at Carolina Adam that maybe you didn't know. Um, I thought Merdinger's comments were pretty interesting, but everybody else is just like, all it does is make me feel old. It really does. You know, you beat me to it. Cause I was going to say when you're in the, uh, (laughs) when you're the aging process, like I am, you know, the, the light bulb goes off when you're talking to some of these fellows. Oh, my daughter is the same age as them. Like, you know, like, she's going to be in the same UNC class with these fools, you know, like, um, but I mean, I enjoyed it. Like I, I, I always, you know, it's, you, you never know what to expect uh, when you're talking to somebody you've never talked to before. And um, I thought it was enjoyable. Honestly, I thought Murdinger was great. I mean, I, all the videos are on the YouTube channel. 
Um, you know, we got eight guys yesterday of the early enrollees. We're going to get eight more next week or the week after. And we even got some on signing day. We got like, you know, Jordan Ship and guys like that on signing day. So there's a, there's videos all over the place. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like it, one of the things I've said, T.A., is that it never ceases to surprise me how polished these guys are at this age. Just they're not, you know, bothered by someone sticking a camera in their face or somebody sticking a recorder in their face. It just totally it's not a thing, you know, and um, interesting bloodlines like uh, the Rosinski kid, the offensive lineman, like his grandfather was the voice of the Carolina Panthers at one point. You know, like he knows um, I'm not a big wrestling guy, but uh, I know the accent it would fool you on that. But uh, I think his granddad knows Jim, like best friends with Jim Ross, the wrestling uh, commentator. Um, just pretty fascinating dudes. I mean, the the uh, Javarius Green, you know, I remember his dad playing for the Detroit Lions and the, Lions and the Carolina Panthers. So um, Murdinger was great. He's telling us that he had like, a dang 5.2 GPA. And I'm like, isn't it a scale of four? You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, our cohort, Andrew Jones over at Target Illustrated had a great line when we were videoing him. Cause we were like, you gotta be kidding me. He's like, yeah, my G that would have been my GPA. If you multiplied it a couple of times, I thought it was an excellent line. From <laughs> AJ, but um, yeah, I mean, like it's, it's, it's a little weird because you sit there and you think about, we may not ever talk to these guys again. Might I ever talk to them again? And I'll, you also think about, we might not talk to these guys for three more years. You think about the linemen. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you, like the tight, we talked to two tight ends yesterday. Carolina's loaded at tight end. You know, how is Ryan Ward going to get on the field ahead of Nesbitt, Copenhaver, and Jake Johnson? Exactly. So, it, it was interesting. It was informative. They all are fantastic, seem to be fantastic young men. Um, it's a feel good thing to watch, I would say. And it's good to, good to get to know them. It was, it was fun getting to know these guys. Evan, let me ask you a question talking about that. I mean, you're in school at Carolina. What's it like interviewing classmates? I've, I always thought that because, you know, I go and I cover the baseball game and obviously Grace is with us. She's a student. Um, the DTH people are there. They're all students. What's it like interviewing literally your classmates? Yeah. I mean, it, it's a, fun cool interesting dynamic i was joking around after it might have just been the virginia tech game when i was interviewing seth trimble and i'd asked him some question and i remember the first words that came out of his mouth were like yes sir and that kind of <laughs> caught me off guard because i'm like i think i'm four months older than that kid or something like that i mean we were the same exact age um so that is always kind of the funny things and, and that's happened before and it just kind of makes me laugh inside because i'm like we're the same exact age and, and it's just, it's always fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's always something that, especially when I first started out in this, you know, industry in college, um, it kind of takes you a little bit to get used to just because like, like you mentioned, you know, I'm usually surrounded by a lot of older guys asking younger guys questions and I'm the young guy with the young guys kind of, but I also think it can kind of be fun in a ways to be like, you know, I understand what, to an extent, some of the things maybe that they're going through outside of, you know, the sport or something like that and can kind of understand that perspective that they're going through, especially when you have a season as long as basketball, where it's, you know, can stretch upwards of five plus months. Um, you kind of have that interesting little 
perspective there. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Trimble thing definitely was pretty funny. That uh, recent uh, thing that happened, I think it might have been just the last game. Yeah, I'd have been like, bro, I sit beside you in you know, Econ 10. What's up with the surf stuff? <laughs> Let me ask you all this question, and John, you can get in here, and then I'm going to turn it completely over to John. I heard a debate on the Cover 3 podcast, which is um, Fornelli and Bud and Chip and Danny Cannell, and they were debating whether you call, when you interview a coach, you call them coach or their first name. I've always said coach. They're not my coach, but it's like, that's Coach Smith or that's Coach Williams. It's always bothered me when people said Roy or not necessarily Mac, but I guess Mac or, or Hubert or things like that. Adam, you've been doing it a long time and you know, I mean, you're around them. I guess maybe because I'm not around them as much. So there's not that relationship that maybe guys like yourself that have been around them more. But what do you think about that aspect of this job? Um is it a coach? It's not a coach-player relationship, obviously. Um, but Tom Fernelli was saying, like, it's a subservient thing to call them coach and all that. And I just kind of thought it was a respect thing. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? It's a it's a great inside baseball question. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, there's – I mean, we could go on this for the next three hours and nobody would give a damn. Um, but, like, you know, you and I are, are essentially the same age, Tommy, and, like – but the sort of the way I was raised in the business is I think what Tom Fernelli is talking about in terms of like, he's not your coach. She's not your coach was what I was always taught. You know I mean? So and for whatever reason, I'm a big believer in what I'm always taught. Like, I, I guess it was very convincing when I was uh, Evan's age, but yeah, I always called Roy Roy um, have always called Mac Mac. Uh, you know, I, I have always done that, but I will say, I have never called Mike Shishesky Mike. I've always called him Coach or Coach K. And um, I guess I'm just kind of a scared little weenie in, in that regard. I've never called him Mike. You know, I, I've thought of that before. I, I've like, why are why are you why don't you call him Mike? Um, but you know, and everyone, all, all the all the former coaches, going back to Bunting. You know, I called Bunting John. You know, like, and he could have. Uh, stuff me in a trash can if he wanted to. Uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, and yeah. also, I think also it's it's how much comfort you have with those guys or girls. You know, like, um, mm. I mean this with respect. Charlotte Smith, the former UNC basketball player, I covered her for a long time. She's the head coach at Elon. She will scare the living crap out of you. I'm scared of Charlotte Smith. Uh, <laughs> she, I am. She was a bad woman at She's Carolina. She's intimidating, right? man. She's intimidating. One of my best friends was a practice player for the UNC women when we were in school, and he was scared to death of Charlotte Smith then. Like, I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, like, but I always called her Charlotte. But, like, she she was one that, you know, I always sort of uh, tiptoed around a little bit. Very Not to get off the rails at all, but I actually told Charlotte Smith that Kobe Bryant had died uh, mm. on the day that that helicopter went down. I was covering a – you and uh, Elon Delaware women's basketball game. And she came over to me during a time out and said, I hear all these people behind us talking about Kobe. What happened? And I told her, I said, apparently he passed away. Mm. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I, 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 I see where you're coming from with coach Tommy. I don't think there's anything wrong with it at all, but for whatever reason, I've always generally called them by their first names. I don't know. I guess that's just how I am, but 
I don't think there's anything wrong with saying coach. Yeah, it's interesting. I I called somebody in the press room last Friday, Mister, and I'm not going to say who it was, but you heard him cuss me. He said, uh, "I can't repeat it on air." <laughs> he said, "You better not ever do that again." And but I've just always. <laughs> it, it, he's yeah. famous and, and people in here would certainly know who he was but i i just i don't know it's just always felt weird to me to call people i don't truly know by their first name and that's why i mentioned the relationship thing that you're around them a lot more than me i mean we do when we talk to mac we say mac or whatever but anyway what do you think evan from you well, from let me, your if side i can jump in real quick that i was gonna say i felt like a even more of a nerd than i am when we were in the bahamas and i went scuttling into after Carolina beat Arkansas in the third place game, I went zooming in there to try to get Eric Musselman. And I did. He was still, I was like, is he still going? You know, and I got in there and I was like, so I asked him a couple questions and I realized I'm going, Eric, Eric. And then I realized, oh, guess what? Literally everyone else is calling him Muss. And I'm the uh, dork that's saying, Eric, Eric. Uh, so I wasn't cool enough to call him Muss. I wasn't smart enough to think about calling him Muss there. But uh, go ahead, Evan. Didn't mean to cut you off. No, I was going to say, I, I think for the most part, I always say coach just because I'm still 20. And I, I don't know, I, I think it'd be, feel weird for me to to refer to someone of, of that age, you know, by their first name. I'm trying to think if I've ever done it. I think maybe if there was a coach I've done it with prior, it's probably been Mac more than Hubert, just because I've been around Mac a little bit more than I have been around Hubert. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it's usually just coach, but not like Coach Davis or anything that bad. It's just... I was just coach. And I'll yeah, tell I, you. It's an interesting dynamic. And I'll tell you as a student journalist as well, asking a question of a coach like Roy Williams or Hubert Davis is stressful enough to begin with. I can still remember <laughs> one time after practice asking Larry Fedora a, a question. Um, and, I, you know, this was pretty early on in, in my internship with Inside Carolina. And I said something, or I might have been with the DTH at the time. I can't quite remember. But I said something to the effect of, you know, how is Tom doing this season? You know, what have you been impressed with from Tom's play? So right off the bat, I guess I made the mistake of calling a player by the player's first name. And Coach Fedora looked at me and he said, who's Tom? And I froze up so badly. I was referring to Tom Shelton, who is the UNC punter. So perhaps he was not looking ahead to a question about his punter. Um, and, you know, he eventually, I kind of said like Tom Shelton or something. I kind of spit that out. And, you know, Larry gave an answer uh, that, you know, that he often gave, you know, n- you know his, his style of answer there. But I just wanted to add that in there. It's stressful enough for some student journalists when you're starting out on the beat to begin asking questions. Um, so I would always go with coach just as a sign of respect. You know, let's not, uh, let's not mix anything up. Uh, that doesn't need to be mixed up. Well, in fairness, Fedora probably didn't really didn't know who you were talking about. <laughs> Adam, hey, special teams was his thing, right? So. <laughs> oh yeah, that that's accurate. So maybe I, I could be mistaken. Adam, first coach you ever talked to? I can tell you, for me, it was Bill Guthridge. Oh man, um, I think it was a football coach at Graham High School. Um, Pat Moser. Pat Moser is his name. Um, you mean in terms of interviewing them? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when you first got into the gig, first first interview you have. 20 years old. Uh, deadly nice. handsome. Um, <laughs> hair. Hair, you know, everything. 
possibilities in front of me. Uh, <laughs> abs. No. Nah, um, Who would have uh, thought? No, nah, yeah, I think it was Pat Moser at, at Graham High School, who was who who um some of those guys I still see and I actually do. I mean, I'm in my freaking forties now. I I I do. There was a there was an old coach at Elon named Al Seagraves, football coach. Uh, he coached at the Citadel forever, just the greatest guy in the world. Like the epitome of a football coach. And uh I saw him and we actually had a moment uh at Village Grill in Burlington, North Carolina, where we were getting a little teary-eyed. Uh, and I was thanking him for not like killing me when I was, you know, 22 years old. I, you know, I'm sure I was asking him the worst questions in the world, you know, and like, I'm sure my writing was horrible too, (laughs) but like, you know, a lot of these guys put up with me for a while, uh, when I was Evan's age, not nearly as polished as Evan is. Um, and, uh, but anyway, like I'm lucky some of those guys put up with me. (laughs) It's, it's, I mean, but like you obviously, this is what your life work is i i lucked into this deal and the next thing i know i'm interviewing or talking to bill guthridge uh, i mean it was ridiculous and that's when coach guthridge said outside carolina instead of inside carolina um oh, man. but that was his dry humor yeah. we'll try to put up that but anyway it, it's been a heck, heck of a ride over the over the last little bit anybody got a good quote from the week uh, we, we've mentioned the football players. Y'all talked about post-Virginia Tech. Evan, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. And by the way, Carolina is up 61-51, at least on my delayed thing at the end of the third quarter. Um, but Evan, quote of the week, give it to me. You got yeah. two minutes. Yeah, this is a quote that when Hubert said it, me and Adam kind of looked at each other. and uh, did I Look, I stole it. Look at I, the reason I was going to Hubert was I thought you would go somewhere else. Um, but God, I think it's, imp- it. <laughs> I think it's important going into this weekend. Just, it is, it is all the oh, games that are going on the same brain here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, this is before the Virginia tech game. And, and someone had asked Hubert about his thoughts on the ACC regular season title race. It was me. I asked it. Was it you? <laughs> no. I, I'm, I'm stealing, I'm stealing basically your quote then. It's uh, okay. I mean, I think it was, I, I definitely, I think it's so relevant now, you know? Um, but Hubert said, it's important. It means something. It means something to us. It means something to this program. And I let the guys know that it's been since 2019, since we were co-champions with Virginia. And that means a great deal to me and a great deal to us in terms of having an opportunity and a chance to compete for a regular season ACC title. Um, so like, you know, Adam had, had mentioned, and I think he mentioned it to me and Jeremiah today. It's, it's like judgment day for the ACC in terms of its standings on Saturday, because you've got UNC playing Virginia, who are the first and, and third teams in the standings. And then you've got Duke at Wake Forest. And obviously Duke, UNC record-wise are tied for first. UNC has the head-to-head. And then Wake Forest is fourth in the conference, I think nine and six. So obviously they're kind of outside of race for first place. But, you know, it's it's going to be as soon as Saturday clocks midnight. I mean, you're going to have a pretty good understanding of just how this race is going to shake out. And I think everyone's aware of the UNC history at, at Virginia. And I think the Duke at Wake Forest game could be pretty interesting too, oh because gosh. if I'm not mistaken, I think Wake is the only undefeated team at home left in the ACC. They're 14. Now. You're absolutely right. Um, and top, the, teams, truck, wait for top four teams in the league playing each other on Saturday, baby. I yeah. Mean, yep. The only person who probably won't be excited to see that is Joe Lenardi. So. <laughs> What's interesting is it's Carolina, Duke, Wake, 
Virginia, your traditional ACC teams all up there at the top. That was interesting, Adam, about how Hubert got fired up and he got worked up about that. And I wanted to get your bend your ear about as to why do you think he got so fired up on that? And I think here's my take. Okay. I think it's important for them to win something. Right. Armando Baycott and RJ Davis, for all they've done for Carolina, other than that Final Four Duke win, which is huge, they haven't won anything. And I think that's why that's part of the reason why Hubert wants them. It's kind of like Marcus Page never winning the national championship. Yeah. You know, I think obviously RJ and Armando need to win something. Hubert desperately wants it because it's always meant something to him. But I think a lot of that was for that reason. What do you think there? Because it, it, he definitely, the tone changed it, when it, that question came up. Wasn't it like a needle scratch, you know, like back in the day? Like, you know, like. Oh, he was like, he was getting into it. He was like, you're going to get me fired up now. And <laughs> I uh, mean, that's what I was going to. It's, 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 it's very cute that Evan and I had the same quote, actually, I think. Uh, that just warms my, uh, my heart. But. Yeah, like I would, the way I was going to set it up was, you know, you just never know what you're going to get with Hubert, and and I don't mean that in like some awful negative way. I just mean when you ask him a question, Hubert could go completely canned answer that we all have heard for the last three years: discipline and the details, tweak, pivot, and alter. Or he could tell you that. In 1982, when UNC was playing Georgetown for the national championship, he had a Boy Scout meeting that night, literally had a Boy Scout, Hubert the Boy Scout, and his parents would not let him get out of the Boy Scout meeting early to go home and watch Worthy, Perkins, Jordan, uh, Jimmy Black, those guys take on Patrick Ewing in Georgetown. Like, that is freaking fascinating. But that 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 leads into what I was going to say is that you know, I think I think we need to give Aaron Beard from the Associated Press, my my one of my UNC classmates, some credit because he had asked, you know, Evan and TA will remember he had asked Hubert sort of a question about the evolution of college basketball and the college basketball that he played versus what they're coaching now. And Hubert was getting in a good mood. You know, he'd said he'd never saw J.R. Reed take a three pointer. You know, like I thought that was a a fun answer. And then I I don't know. I just was thinking like we're getting down the home stretch here. Does Hubert, does Jeff Lebo, do, does Sean May, do these guys really sort of emphasize we could win an ACC regular season title? So that's why the question kind of fell out of my mouth. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, I mean, he got he went from goofing off and laughing to just being extremely serious. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, his eyes are getting big. And you're right, that's a good impersonation time. He was scooting up in his seat. Oh, yeah, um, he was ready to go. I mean, he was like, I'm 53 and I can't play. And it's and it's and it is. It, the last time UNC won it outright was 2016, uh, the ACC regular season title. They shared it with UVA in 2019, when Duke, UVA, and Carolina were all number one seeds uh, in the NCAA tournament. So yeah, I, I think I it was, maybe it was David Klein in the chat. It was saying that that Cadeau, yeah, Cadeau was seven years old the last time UNC won at UVA. I, I can tell you the year was 2012. The last time UNC won a men's basketball game in Charlottesville, um, which is, I mean, it's over a decade. Obviously, it's a long dang time. Um, and and Virginia, somebody asked me today. They said, "What's Carolina going to do at Virginia this year?" And I said, "Until they beat them, I'm going to assume they're going to lose." And this is a Virginia grad, 
and he said we, which also drives me nuts, but that, oh, that's man. another story. Um, he said, well, we got beat by 30 against Virginia Tech. You don't think Carolina can win? I said, that, that, that game is irrelevant to what will happen on Saturday. But anyway, John Bowman, get in here. Let's, let's set that up because this is a, a big game on Saturday. Virginia does not come into this game playing very well. I was looking earlier this evening at barttorvik.com, which has sort of become a favorite of the Twitterverse, um, you know, playing around with the date ranges, things like that. So I did a little bit of that as well. Since February 9th, UVA is 2-2. Two and two. They are 199th in offense nationally per his metrics and 110th in defense. Now, it's a very small sample size, four games. Um, but over the course of the season, Virginia has been a great, if not an elite defense over the last four games. They have slipped a little bit off that perch. Um, but nevertheless, it remains a humongous game for North Carolina in the ACC, uh, not just to get that historical monkey off their back of, of beating uh, Virginia in Charlottesville, but taking control of the ACC race like we talked about. Uh, so I'm going to start with Evan, actually, on this one. When you look, look at and kind of think about this game Saturday, what stands out to you, be it a stat or a matchup uh, for UNC Virginia? I think the biggest historical stat that I've found, aside from them, obviously, UNC not winning since 2012, um, is that in four of the last time, five last times UNC has played at UVA, they've scored under 50 points. They've scored over 50 once, and that was, I think, the most recent when they had 58. Um, so I think that right in itself is, if you want to talk about a key to the game or, or what's going to decide the game, in terms of UNC's perspective, and especially with, you know, UVA has always been, as everyone knows, a, a team that's defensive oriented, but even more so this year, they really lack the offensive firepower that they even had with some of those really good defensive teams. I mean, I can't, I mean, Reese Beekman maybe on some nights can get going. Uh, McNeely, I know percentage wise is a pretty good three point shooter, but I, I mean, really outside of those two guys, they, they really struggle offensively. And I was looking as a team, I think they shoot like 64% from the line. The the Wake Forest game that they won at home, 49 to 47, Virginia shot 9% from the free throw line in a game. And one. And um, the one they the one they made was with six seconds left. Yeah. How is that possible? It's I do not know. How is that possible? <laughs> it's, one it's, for eleven. It was one for eleven, right? One for yeah. eleven. Yeah. How is that freaking possible? <laughs> It's unbelievable. And then the next game, uh, I think Wake Forest scored, what, 91 against Pitt and had over 50 in the first half. But um, so, yeah, I mean, if you look at in terms of what UNC wants to do, I mean, I think if UNC scores over 60, 65 points, I think you're giving yourself a pretty good chance to win the game. It's just a matter of are they going to be able to do that? And I think history would suggest it's going to be a, a rather tall task. Um and shout out to the comment that said Elliot Cadeau is seven. I think I was eight years old last time UVA. And you were eight. UNC you won. were you were eight in twenty twelve. I was eight in February twenty twelve. Jesus Christ! I was going to joke that you were in pre K or something. I wasn't far off. I mean, that's you. Just a you few were not. Years. I was. I think I was in. I was either second or third grade then. 
How about Second the Jesus maybe? Christ from TA under his breath? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's going to be a game that for UNC, you know, the the talks of the defensive struggles that UNC has had maybe these last two weeks, I don't think are going to be a topic just because I think UVA is so porous offensively. Uh, it's it's going to be a game that if we're talking about a UNC win next week, it's going to be in that UNC won by getting over that 60-65 mark home. Let me ask you this on that, and I, I'll, I'll bring you in here, Adam. Hubert talked about they've shot more three-pointers than they've shot free throws. If they do that Saturday, they will lose at Virginia. What do you think about that? They have got to get Baycott going somehow, some way in this game and not be impatient and just jack three-pointers because that's what Virginia wants you to do. If you hit them, you're going to beat them. If you don't, you're going to get smothered out. But I think that is that is the stat I'm watching, three-pointers versus free throws. Absolutely. Absolutely. Carolina's the better team. Carolina's the more talented team. I mean, they're more talented all, almost at every position, I would say. I do think Ryan Dunn's a good player. Um, you know, but – Carolina's better. Now, whether that translates into a win or not, you know, that Virginia style, it's just, God, it's so unappealing. You know, I can't stand it, honestly. Um, I mean, think about this. The last two games that UVA has played, they've scored 49 points and 41 points total in these games. They won the damn game when they scored 49. I mean, it's just, it's so gross. It's so gross. But um, that's, that's Tony Bennett's backline defense. Um, but yeah, with Baker, I mean, one of the things I might like to write about it Saturday if the opportunity presents, who knows if it will, TA. But the thing, one of the things I think about with UVA is last year and Armando getting hurt 70 seconds or whatever it was into the game. I think it, when we, I think it was it was less than two minutes. He's going for an offensive rebound. The, the, the ironic thing is, I think he kept an offensive rebound in line two or three times just from sheer hustle and he turns his ankle. And didn't play the rest of the game. Obviously, Armando's a UVA guy. I mean, a, a Virginia guy. He's from Richmond. Tons of friends and family there. And he leaves the building on crutches after playing a minute 30 or whatever it was. You know, a minute 20. Um, so, this is, yeah, this is Armando's last time in the Commonwealth. Uh, you know he wants to win the game. Um, and, yeah, like if you established Armando, it was a couple of years ago, what was it? He had the 29-22 game. I think it was against UVA, 29 yeah. points, 22 boards. Um, In the Smith Center. Just, just he dominated. Him. He dominated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and he could do that again. And, and you know, yeah, I just think – I think UNC is a better team. I think they have the better personnel. I think they're playing better. I think their ceiling is so much higher. I think they're going to go further in the NCAA tournament. How would you like to bet on UVA's chances in the NCAA tournament? Anybody feeling frisky on that one? Like – No. I would yeah. say no, that, I would say a loss in Dayton would be my bet on UVA. But you know, but anyway, that boa constrictor that they have for defense certainly could make this thing uh, completely gross. And you know, I had been saying uh, to my dear friend, uh, IC legendary photographer Jim Hawkins, in our many travels recently, because um, we love to sort of break down the schedule. I had been saying I could see UNC losing at Virginia, but winning at Duke. And now I'm not so – now I'm like, how are they going to lose to Virginia other than if it's just the grossest game you've ever seen? I think they're so much better than Virginia. I don't mean it to be the kiss of death. Um, but, yeah, we'll see. I, I do think um, 
the weight of history. I, I, I think RJ Davis and Armando Baycott know it very well how much UNC has struggled there over the last 10, 12, 13 years. And um, I think it would be another sign if they're able to win of this being a special season. I think it'd be like the latest piece of evidence uh, to that effect. John, take us to an ad break. Carolina 74, 64, 446 left. You are listening to On The Beat Live. We have 102 viewers watching live with us. We appreciate every single one of you. We especially appreciate Uncle Dave, uh, Ocular Pat Down on YouTube, who gives a shout out to his nephew, Evan. So thank you, Uncle Dave, for watching. Thanks, everyone, for watching live with us. We want to take a quick second to celebrate our sponsors, not just shout them out because we really appreciate them. They support all of our shows. They support this show. I'm talking about Johnny T-Shirt and Congruity HR. With Johnny T-Shirt, we know that spring is coming. If you're like Tommy Ashley and you've been at Boschmer Stadium watching the Tar Heels, you realize the weather's changing. It's getting a little nicer outside. Maybe you need to go get some more UNC gear. You can head on over to Franklin Street to purchase that at Johnny T-Shirt. They support us. So we try to support them as much as possible. You can also check them out online. They have a great store online as well. Inside Carolina Premium subscribers get 10% off. We're going to take a quick break. Let the national guys pay the bills, as Tommy always says. We'll be right back with more UNC basketball talk here on The Beat. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right, we are back. It is 9.36 here on the East Coast on Tuesday evening. We're talking about UNC's big matchup against Virginia on Saturday in Charlottesville. Uh, I think another big piece of this game, when I sort of start to look at it and break it down, is rebounding. It's so critical anytime you're playing against Virginia to dominate on the boards, and that is one of UNC's strengths. UNC leads the ACC in rebounding, and UNC put out an interesting stat uh, that speaks to their aptitude in that department. Uh, uh, let's see. Armando Baycott and Harrison Ingram rank 1-2 in all games, while Ingram leads uh, and Baycott is second in league action. They are the first pair of Tar Heels to average nine or more rebounds since John Henson and Tyler Zeller in the 2011-2012 season when evidently uh, Evan was eight years old that season. But I think that speaks to this team's dominance on the boards. I think that's going to play a big piece in Saturday's game. And wasn't it the Zeller dunk in 12 that sealed the Carolina game at 
UVA. Adam, we don't do predictions here because y'all have to cover them, but are you really sure Carolina is that much better than Virginia? You sound pretty, pretty sure of that. And I'm just, I'm a creature of habit, and habit's been to go up there and come back sad for You're the right. Tar Heels. I think Carolina's to to be able to do going back to what Hubert talked about the ACC championship regular season. I think you got to get this one because I don't think Duke's going to lose to Wake. They could, but I just don't see it. And you don't want it coming down to Duke Carolina to tie in Cameron. Um, but yeah, final thoughts on Carolina Virginia, and then Evan will get yours, and then we're going to go back a week, and we're going to get a great story before we get out of here. Um, from both of these guys, but Adam, final thoughts on Carolina, Virginia. TA, you know, I love you and respect you uh, to the ends of the earth. I've actually got Wake beating Duke on Saturday in Winston. I feel like if if ever there is going to be a moment where the Deeks finally get one of these gotta-have-it games, I feel like they're going to have their hair on fire. They're giving out supposed to give out 10,000 free tie-dyed shirts to people coming in the building. Uh, I mean, Wake is a different team at home. Um, so I've got Wake beating Duke, and I've got UNC beating UVA. And, I, I yes, I, I don't mean to, to thumb my nose at how, how it's gone in Charlottesville. Um, maybe I have a recency bias of I have watched Virginia play recently, and I have been grossed out by them. Um, you know, I, maybe I have – I do think Reese Beekman is a very nice player, and I think defensively he's great. And you have to respect them defensively. Um, but I just think the guys they come off the bench with, I just, I just, I just think Carolina's a better team. I got a stat for you. I was, I, was, I meant to work it in earlier. This is kind of interesting. Uh, our friend Connor O'Neill, who covers Wake and Duke, has been following it. So entering last week, guys, ACC teams coming off their 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 buy, their open date on the schedule, were only one and ten. So you're coming off the buy. You've lost nine of ten teams had lost nine of their ten games coming off the buy. Kind of what you wouldn't expect in terms of being rested and, you know, ready. Um, maybe there's some rust there. But since then, those teams coming off the midweek bye or the weekend bye have won three straight games. So now UNC at UVA is up. UNC obviously hasn't played since last Saturday. It could be four straight games, but I think it's kind of an interesting little number there uh, where you would feel like as much of a grind as the season is that it would be beneficial to, you know, get your legs back under. The UNC guys have said – you know, they flat out said they were tired. It was funny. On mm -hmm. Friday, Hubert said they weren't tired. And then on Saturday after they beat Virginia Tech, R.J. Davis and Armando and those guys said, yeah, we're tired. Like, yeah. We we could use – we use the time off. So Just like when I asked, I said, Hubert, has Elliot Cadeau got a confidence issue or something of that effect? He was like, it's not confidence. No, no, no. And then the very next day, Elliot Cadeau was like, yeah, I was struggling with my confidence a little bit. Yeah. Disagreeable, Hubert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Evan, close out the Virginia discussion. Um, you, you always, you do the previews, you've already hinted that at that a little bit, but give us a little bit more on, on why Carolina will go to Virginia and come out successful. I think if I could single out a single player, a matchup that I think could really be pivotal for UNC's perspective, I actually think it is going to be Elliot Cadeau. Um, just because I assume that Reese Beekman is going to guard RJ Davis. I mean, I'm not a coach, but I, would think that'd be the obvious choice, which leaves Isaac McNeely to guard Elliot Cadeau. And I don't know if Isaac McNeely can stay in front of Elliot Cadeau. 
I mean, there aren't many guards in the conference that I think can. And I think of all the guards, McNeely would probably be pretty low on my list in terms of the conference as a whole. And obviously, Virginia is known for that pack line. And I've always been really good at help, defense, and not getting out of position. But I think when you have a guard like Cadeau, who's kind of flashed the ability to have just elite vision, especially when he kind of gets penetration. I mean, you saw him flash it a few times when he was in the middle of the 2-3, you know, uh, offense breaking a Syracuse down. Um, so I think that's something that it could be pretty pivotal. Um, and it's also in terms of Cadeau being a freshman, Virginia is a team that can frustrate you at times. And there are going to be moments in this game where UNC could go scoreless for three plus minutes at a time. And it's going to require Elliot to kind of have that mental maturity to, to be able to play through those lulls because Though you might not score for three, four minutes at a time, I also don't think Virginia is going to torch you for you know, a 15-0 run in the span of three or four minutes. Um, so I think if there's really just one player, one matchup specifically that I think, A, UNC has the advantage over and is also going to be one that proves pivotal, it's definitely going to be that Elliot Cadeau, Isaac McNeely kind of matchup there. Young man showing mental maturity, Evan Rogers. Not, I mean, you can't beat it. it you, you've been taught well, um, and you take training very well from the elder statesman Adam Smith. John Bowman, last final stat before we move to the final feel good story of the week. This one is from uh, the Cavaliers' previous game against Virginia Tech, something to keep an eye on on Saturday as well. In that game, the Hokies had a 24 to 4 advantage in points off turnovers. Um, that is somewhere where UNC can really exploit pushing the ball in transition, generating live ball turnovers. It maybe always hasn't been something that UNC has been great at this season, but I think that's another kind of area, you know, if we're looking for places on the margins where UNC can make a difference and go on the road and, and win that game, I'd keep an eye on fast break points and points off of turnovers. I still can't get over how Virginia Tech just beat the hell out of them. I mean, it was unbelievable watching. Anyway, let me talk about Congruity. They're our final sponsor. You can see them around the margins of our beautiful faces. They are uh, the HR place you want to go with your smaller mid-sized business. Go to congruityhr.com front slash Tar Heels. You get a free assessment if you're an Inside Carolina reader, or watcher, or listener. Um, they take care of you. Uh, they'll give you some advice. They'll offer you their help. And if you want it, take it. If you don't, it was free. So you don't lose anything, but what you can be promised is great customer service, great technical support. All the guys there will do everything they can. They grew their business from a small business, a North Carolina based business to a national business. They can do the same for you. They handle all that stuff. So go to congruityhr.com slash Tar Heels, check them out, fill out your assessment and also, Johnny T-Shirt. Those two great sponsors of Inside Carolina. So make sure you look after them because they certainly take care of us. Okay, guys, story time. And this one's pretty awesome. Um, if you're watching this and you haven't read Evan's story about Tyler Nickel and his return to the Smith Center, I think we were debating it last Friday, and I guess we all settled that it was the first time a transfer from Carolina had come back to Carolina to play against the Tar Heels. Um in modern times, we're not talking about back in war days where people would go off to war as Tar Heel and come back as a wolf pack or vice versa. Uh, 
But Tyler Nickel makes a return, and he looked pretty good out there. He looked like he had some fun. But Evan, I'll let you and Adam sort of share the story about um, how your story came about uh, between him and Seth Trimble and the rest of the Tar Heels. Yeah, so early on when we were talking to the UNC guys, I actually went over to Seth first and kind of asked him about his relationship with Tyler Nickel because I'd noticed in the handshake line that he and Tyler were at the end of their respective lines and they really held an embrace and hugged each other for a good 20 seconds almost and it was it was pretty prolonged and he kind of dove into obviously they were roommates last year together as freshmen along with Jalen Washington and Will Shaver and he said that the four of those guys actually still talk with each other in the same group texts and he tries to talk with Tyler almost every other day so as soon as I kind of got that information and, and heard Seth kind of talk about his relationship, and obviously, like you had mentioned, T.A., you know, Tyler had a good game. I mean, he hit four threes. Uh, There's a cool stat that I found from his freshman year. He hit four threes in the Smith Center across the whole season, and he hit four on Saturday. Um, so after I had heard that, I was like, and me and Adam had kind of been discussing about, you know, the potential and the possibility of doing a Tyler Nichols story. So I was like, okay, you know, I think I'm going to, take this story and it's toward the end of the UNC player uh, interviews and it's kind of filtering filtering out as people kind of get over to the, the coaches press conference with coach Davis and I tell Adam I'm like I'm gonna go see if I can find Tyler Nickel right outside the visitors locker room which is right next to the media work center so I walk over there and try to find someone who I think might be in the sports information department or something like that of Virginia Tech and there's this lady outside of the locker room and I'm like can I talk to Tyler Nickel? I introduced myself, told her who I was with, what I was doing, just wanted to speak with him for two, three minutes. She's like, sorry, hon, all the players are on the bus. We've ended player interviews. I'm like, ah, oh, dang. And as she's telling me that, Tyler Nickel and Seth Trimble walk right by me. And they're walking to their parents. And I kind of look at them. And then I look back at her. And she's like, no, I don't think we're going to be able to do it. He's got to talk with his family. I'm like, okay. So in my head, I'm like, well, I'm young, I'm 20, I probably don't have uh, the authority that uh, my good friend Adam Smith might have. I don't have the, the Southern charm that Adam brings when he's trying to, uh, to sway somebody. <laughs> so I, I make my way back to the UNC player press conference room and tell Adam uh, my story about how the players were on the bus, but Tyler Nickel had just happened to walk by me and he was in fact not on the bus. So Adam finishes up with the players, and actually, I'll let Adam take it over from here. I'm, no, I'm not trying to get in I, on you for that. No, 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 because this is where you know the the star of the show shifted to Adam. He oh was the gosh. one. He was the one trying to convince and, and made the eye contact, and he was really the one that that made the interview possible. Um, and it was great. I mean, it turned out great. Tyler, we got Tyler for I think we got it at 110 seconds, so less than two minutes. We were promised three, but we'll take two. Um, but he was great. He was great. Um, you know, it was really fun to hear him talk about obviously the, the block he had on Seth, um, there, I think, was it late in the first half? Maybe when he had that, um, well, which was said, really funny guys, the audio is tremendous. It's awesome. We all it's know awesome. the kind of voice Tyler Nichols bringing to the table. I mean, the yeah. audio, I have shared the audio <laughs> with some of my friends and family just, you know, when he's, when he's going like it's all competition, you know, like, <laughs> uh, it's the audio. Like, he was it's like, "Yeah, I got that one on him for now." He's real yeah, mad. He's about sick it about too. it. That's what he said. <laughs> That's sick about it. I got that one on him. 
my whole thing is, and like, I'm not trying to get, you know me, I'm always trying to keep it fun. I'm not trying to get serious, but number one off the top, I personally love the fact that Evan and I are talking about this and Evan's like, sure, I will go try to find Tyler Nickel. I love that. I mean, just the fact that he's like leaving the UNC players where, you know, the job is to talk to the UNC players. But, I mean, this is a special situation. And I just love the fact that he went down. It's not a short walk. You know, he had to, he had to weave uh, through a bunch of stuff. And then he gets down there, and it pissed me off a little bit. This lady, it could be a man, whoever, this person who is supposed to be sort of helping you, you know, do these things. I mean, you're, she's supposed to be promoting her team, is she not? And she's just, like, lied to him. Like they're and this is a right. Virginia Tech person. Just to be perfectly clear, this is a Virginia Tech a Virginia worker. Tech person. Well, we found out who it was later. It's the chief of staff of Virginia Tech basketball, whatever the heck that means. But um, when Evan came back, so Evan came back when he had been denied, you know, and I was like, you know, well, that sucks. You know, I was kind of thinking like, this will not stand. You know what I mean? Like, we're not we're not going to accept it. We're not accepting this. We're just not going to do it. So we got lucky in that when we got done with the UNC players, because, you know, the more I thought about it, like, let's do this story. We've got a one-shot opportunity here. Tyler Nickel comes back. He has a nice game. And like you guys were saying, this is super unique. We, we believe it has never happened in modern history that – a former Carolina player has come back to the Dean Dome and played. Um, so we got lucky because when we got done with the UNC players, usually what you're doing, sometimes we're a little late because we usually stay in with the players as long as we can. Usually Hubert is ready to speak when the players are finished. So you walk out of like the lounge area there in the Dean Dome, you walk to the press room area, and usually here comes Hubert, you know, like clockwork in and you're you're going with him. So we get back to the press room. Everyone is in the press room, all the reporters. Probably what? I don't know, 30, 40 people in there, Evan? Maybe something like that. 40 might be too much, but it's packed. And I was thinking like, damn, we're about to just like leave. <laughs> like Everyone is in there waiting on Hubert to come in. He hasn't come in yet. That's where we got lucky. So I looked at Evan. I was like, you want to try Tyler Nickel again? Like, you want to see if we can make this thing happen? And he was like, yeah. So literally everyone else that covers UNC is in there waiting on Hubert. We, we leave. Uh, and so sure enough, we find that lady, she's got a Karen cut just to give you a visual. It's a, not a, not a, not the prettiest thing you've ever seen. And so I'm sort of playing dumb and I'm like, Hey, yeah, we just wanted to get Tyler real quick. Uh, you know, cause we can see him. That's the other thing we can see him when we get there in front of the visitor locker room at the Dean Dome, we can see what 10, 15, 20 feet away, Tyler Nickel, his mom, his dad, family members, Seth Trimble, Seth Trimble's mom, Seth Trimble's dad, family member. Everybody's just having a nice time. So, you know, I'm, I, I say it to her and she's just, she's just like, no, we're not going to be able to do it. You know, we can't we can't do it. You guys missed your window, I think she said or something. You know, she was just, she couldn't have been more unhelpful. So anyway, I start staring a hole through Tyler Nickel. And sure enough, he looks at me gives me the head nod, like, hey, what's up? You know, like that. I start waving at him like a dang third base coach on speed. I'm like, get, you know, come over here, right? And so he gives me the other head head nod. Um, like, yeah, you know, sort of like, I'll be there in just a second. Has some kisses for his family before he departs. 
And sure enough, what happens? Here comes Tyler Nickel over to Evan and Adam. This lady's sitting there and, you know, like, it's kind of like in your face, lady. You know what I mean? And I had told her, I was like, we covered, we covered him last year, which is true because I did. You know, Evan did too. Evan did for the DTH. I said, we covered him last year. We're just trying to catch up with him. And so he comes over and he's like, what's up, man? You know, like, and sure enough, we got to interview Tyler Nickel for, I believe I had it for a minute 55 while mine was running. I was begging her for three minutes. She said, you know, she goes, as soon as a coach comes out, we're going to have to get on the bus. Yeah. Mike Young was in there talking to Bubba Cunningham. They were like goofing off in the locker room. Like it was not, as my son says all the time, it's not that deep. It was not that serious. Like, you know, and so I, I loved it. I loved it. T. Nick said, yes, I know these, effectively said, yes, I know these guys. I will talk to them that we got the interview. I would urge everyone to go to Inside Carolina or Google it and read it. It's the only story you'll see about Tyler Nickel coming back to UNC. And it's great. And the quotes from Tyler Nickel are great. And the quotes from Seth Trimble and R.J. Davis are great. It was good. Um, so that we weren't going to be denied. And we might strike out 10 more times like that. But that gummit, you know, we got that one. And it was good. And, and Tyler Nickel was happy to see us, man. Like, he was happy to do the interview. You think he wants to turn down an interview? And then after exactly. that, our, our guy, Sherelle, saw him in the chat, relayed to us that, uh, T Nick's dad and his high school coach had reached out to him, thanking them, thanking IC for doing the story. I mean, you know, it was a win all around. And I was proud of Evan. You know, yet another thing I was proud of Evan for that he was down to do it, and we did it. You know, so uh, I, I thought it was cool. It was, it honestly was a, uh, you know, if I had to file a report for our guy Ben Sherman, I would say this was a really good lesson for Evan. Uh, in terms of just, you know, being persistent. And if you want to do the story, going and getting it. So we went and got it. I was happy about it. And yep. it speaks to the team effort of Inside Carolina because IC has sometimes four people at the game. So you know that Jalen is going to get Hubert. You know that Jeremiah is probably there as well. He's getting Hubert. So you guys are free to chase these stories. You guys are forgetting about Pee Wee Ryan, who in 1901 – uh, transferred after you know World War Z. No, I'm just kidding. You know, uh, you're probably right. There, I don't know. Yeah, that <laughs> was a cool. The stat, though, really, I, I dropped the the link to the article in in the YouTube chat, so folks can check that. But uh, another cool aspect of, of sort of behind the scenes inside baseball deal is when we were sitting in the press room last Friday, talking about trying to figure out when was his last transfer? And I remember Larry Davis because he was at school when I was there and all, and, but talking about nickel and coming back and all that stuff. And to listen to some of the old heads in there, which unfortunately we are now part of that crowd, Adam, um, sort of debate the history of Carolina basketball and and all that kind of stuff. It, it was an interesting, interesting conversation. Um, I'm sure it'll happen again, given the nature of the sport these days, but once upon a time, the only time you change teams is like you said, John, jo joking. Bones McKinney goes off to war, comes back, plays at Carolina. So he plays at State, plays at Carolina, coaches Wake Forest in his career. Um, those days, I guess, are upon us again. It's just, it's not war, it's the transfer portal. Anything left, guys? It's been a fun show, informative show. I hope folks have enjoyed y'all's stories. And uh, 
you know, you just can't get it anywhere else other than inside Carolina's on the beat. Anything left, Adam? Print the shirts. It's not worth I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you need to make that a shirt. It's not worth the transfer. Where is Michelle? Uh, I mean, we need it. We need we need a TA. Uh, it's not worth the trade. That's a hell of a quote, man. Uh, hey, I'm all for it. I'll sign it. I, I'll uh, 600 bucks and a free video game. That'll be my my deal on that. Um, speaking of which, we're gonna get a in, we're gonna get a, a pool going with the NCAA 25 whenever that comes out. So y'all boys better get your systems and and practice up. Had some people beat my ass in the chat um, several years ago on it. I'm going to be ready this time when it comes around. John Bowman, anything left before we get out? I want to give a shout-out to my co-host, if you want to say that. Justin Jackson is back in the NBA. That's a huge accomplishment for him. He has worked uh, his butt off the last few years in the G League. Uh, He gets a 10-day contract uh, up in Minnesota, so very cool. Uh, I have spoken with Justin and his team. Uh, who is just uh, Justin's uh, guy, Carlos. The podcast will continue. I know there are a lot of people who are nervous saying, you know, what will we do without this pod? The podcast will continue. He will just probably be in nicer hotel rooms now, now that he's in the NBA with this 10-day contract. So, yeah, just want to give him a shout-out. I know that's uh, big for the former Tar Heel. Yeah. And you guys Credit. do a great job with that show, John. I, yep. I, I love that show. It's so funny that you say that. I actually had that thought. I'm like, I can't wait to see where Justin Jackson is going to be now. Like, <laughs> let's see the insides from, of these places, man. We go from the Best Western to the Ritz Carlton. No, I mean, but you know, shout out to him to your point about sticking with it and all because, I mean, these guys they bust their rear ends, and, and the G League's cool and all. Um, but like he said, I think early in one of your shows that y'all did, he, he was going to give it another go and try to push it again to see if he could get to the league. And here he is, 10-day contract and uh, with the Timberwolves. So that, that's pretty interesting. Last thoughts, Evan, or are we out? Um, I like the Adam's Judgment Day thing that I already mentioned earlier in the, the show. I just think this is a big weekend for ACC basketball, just – in terms of UNC, in terms of the conference as a whole. Uh, I think you're going to find out really who's going to be at the top of the league, who's going to be in contention for the NCAA tournament. Um, I would not be surprised if maybe Steve Ford's printed out like an ESPN bracketology or Joe Lenardi's face and like put it in each of their lockers, you know, going into the game. Um, speaking of which, Steve Ford's versus Joe Lenardi, that's a, a great rivalry that's kind of heating up here as of late, but I'm getting sidetracked. Um but yeah, I think this is a game in terms of UNC. If if they do end up winning the ACC regular season or if they're in that contention, this is going to be the deciding game down the stretch that kind of either catapults them or, or really puts them a step behind. Yep, I agree. Big weekend in ACC basketball. Shout out to all the folks that have joined us in the chat. Uh, a lot of good comments, a lot of stuff. Um, David, here's what's funny, and I'm going to get out of here. I mentioned they hadn't won anything, but I did mention they went to the Final Four. And, yes, it does count for something. But I got to give Triple Horn with the return mic drop. Uh, Hubert said they don't hang banners for beating Duke. Um, that's why the ACC regular season is so important for this group. Shout out to Sean Crawley for remembering Charlotte Smith shot in 94. I was watching that on a 13-inch tube TV. Um, in my childhood bedroom, I had had to have a place to live when I came back from college, watch that shot happen. And then for later, maybe one day, 
if you could ask Coach K one question, what would it be? Keep it clean. Shout out to to Bart, who I know on the side. A lot of good stuff. I will say this. Is it the 28th that the K and Roy Williams yeah. things come out? I Folks think should check. Right. End of the month. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's the 28th after maybe a, a game before that on ACC Network. They're dropping the Roy Williams and Coach K conversation that they had with West Durham, I guess, last summer. Um, it's going to be fantastic. Um, you get those guys. Um, you say what you want to about Coach K, and I get it, but when you get Roy Williams and Coach K together and those dudes are talking basketball and rivalry and state of the game and all that kind of stuff, it, it's going to be pretty awesome. Can't wait to see it. Wish we could get our hands on the B-roll and all the stuff on the on the cutting floor, but maybe one day. But, yeah, something to look for next week. Next thing to look for is us. Next week, next Thursday night, on the Beat Live, plenty of Inside Carolina content. In the meantime, Adam, you're going to Virginia. Evan, you going to Virginia? Road tripping to Virginia. Y'all stay safe. Going to land of Thomas Jefferson. Stay tuned for the Inside Carolina postgame podcast after that game and then all the content from these guys and especially the photographs from Jim Hawkins. Everybody take care. Johnny T-shirt and congruity. It's been fun. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.